Are you looking to wager on all the big games and sports? Well, our friends at Bet Online can help you out. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, fights, and a heck of a lot more. In fact, Major League Baseball has been going on for, what, a few weeks now? You can actually bet right now and see eh, who you want to pick to win the World Series. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Hey, it's super easy, right? You can get started today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Also, a quick message from our friends at Athletic Greens. You know how important it is to be healthy, right? Well, listen, tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, and more, and their special blend of ingredients supports focus, aging, energy, recovery, and more. And it's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system today with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. How easy. And to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Spring has sprung, so make a splash with a new spa from myhottub.com. Choose from over 50 spas in stock, new inventory weekly, and prices slash to move fast. Don't let April showers keep you from a new spa. Visit their huge showroom in Destiny, USA, and ask about their 48-month 0% financing option for credit-qualified buyers. Treat yourself with a new spa from myhottub.com. Don't just take our word for it. See for yourself at Destiny, USA. Hurry, these spas won't last. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. ML Sports Platter is back with you all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Really appreciate all of that. You can hit me on Twitter, at MikeLSports. We are brought to you by Burn Dairy, Brewerton Ace Hardware, Camillo's Golf Club, and our great friend Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual in New York State. Make sure you look into Brian Conboy. He has the financial plans for you uh, to handle your financial future. You may be retiring. You may be sending off a youngster to college. Brian has the financial plan for you, tax-efficient, Retirement planning today with Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State. Go get him on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and advisors.massmutual.com. And a tip of the cap thank you as well to Elevate Fitness of Syracuse and the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the ML Sports Platter. So before I play my crossover episode with Charles Davis, NFL on CBS, just an amazing interview that I did with him um, on the Pandemonium podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Wanted to cross over that, and, and I do that on occasion. This interview was so good that I definitely wanted to have it on both platforms for sure. But before we do that, the NHL season is winding down. The playoffs are coming up. 
Nobody knows the game better than this guy. Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com, hockey insider and reporter. What's up, Adam? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, obviously, the season is winding down. We're getting set for the postseason. Before I get into some of the playoff storylines and some other things around the league, I wanted to start with the Sabres. Do you think that this is finally the turnaround here? I mean, are they getting this thing right, in, in your opinion? It seems to me like they are. Yeah, you know, I had the chance to see them the last, you know, the last couple nights when they were playing the Flyers. I watched them up close, and you, you can just see what's coming, and you can see how they're building. And, and you know, you watch Rasmus Dahlin really looking like the guy that I remember in his draft year, just a dominant a guy who can control the pace of the game on defense, and Owen Power and, and his skill set sort of speaks for itself already. So right there, you've got two outstanding building blocks. And then you add in the way Tage Thompson has developed, you know, 36 goals already, you know, with a chance maybe he gets to 40. But you're seeing him become that big, strong, assertive power forward that he looked like he was progressing to become. And, and now he's finally got the confidence that he knows he can do it. And you look at what they have coming. Jack Quinn had an outstanding year down in Rochester. I think R2 Rootsalainen can still be a, a nice contributing player for them. J.J. Paterka has a lot of potential. They're going to have another couple of high picks this year in the draft. So if, if I'm a Buffalo Sabres fan and I'm looking at the future and what's to come, I'm feeling really positive about it. Playoff matchups, um, ones that we don't necessarily know will happen. What 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 do you hope happens? What what are some matchups you want to see? Oh God, you know it's hard to find a bad one. You know, you look in the East and. and you got the chance of, of Florida and Washington and Carolina and Boston, which should be a ton of fun. Rangers, Pittsburgh, oh. you know, Toronto, Tampa, and you know, and, and all those places could shuffle around. You could end up with Rangers and Washington. You could end up with Toronto, Boston. You know, Tampa Bay could slip into a wild card. I mean, I don't know how you pick the the four East playoff series. They're gonna you you can make an argument for all eight teams having a chance to reach the Stanley Cup final. That's how good, that's how tight, that's how densely packed these teams are, and there's really not a lot to separate them right now. So the Lightning, um, here we go again, right? I mean, they, they kind of have that look. They're they're defending uh, two-time champs, um, you know, looking for three in a row here. Uh, finish this sentence for me. The Lightning will win three cups in a row if? If their key guys stay healthy. If they can get you know, full healthy runs out of Stamkos and Point and Kucherov and Hedman and Vasilevsky. Uh, you know, they, they've had a few bumps in the road, certainly with, with Kucherov and with Stamkos the last couple of years. And Hedman as well. Those guys have played a lot of hockey the last three years. But if those guys can stay healthy, they know what it takes to win. I, I know they've had, you know, they've been up and down the last, you know, let's say four or five weeks. But I, to me, they're the chance until someone proves otherwise. Until someone wins that fourth game against them in a seven-game series, they are going to be my favorites to win the cup because they know how to do it. And there is some there is something to be said for having that experience, for not being intimidated in the moment, not being scared in the situation when things go against them. They're not going to worry. Until somebody beats them four times in a seven-game series, it's going to be really hard to pick against them, no matter who they're playing against. You know, we we talk about 
Austin Matthews and we talk about Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl and Goudreau and uh, all these young offensive stars um, around the NHL. I can go on and on. Defensemen even with, you know, Adam Fox and Cal McCarr and, you know, but then you say, well, well, hang on just a second. There, there's this old guy over here named Alexander Ovechkin <laughs> who, who just is absolutely, I, I, I am so, my mind is boggled with this guy in terms of how good he is, how long he's done it. The fact that we're even talking about him possibly breaking Wayne Gretzky's goal record, which I thought was untouchable years ago, Adam, this guy is a true marvel. Yeah, 36 years old, and he's got 48 goals. He's Ridiculous. got the most goals of the season by a guy his age. He's probably going to get to 50, which would be nine seasons of 50 or more, which would tie Gretzky and Bossy for the all-time NHL record. And, you know, when he signed that five-year contract he did with the Capitals, it was with the, the idea that it would take him five years to break Gretzky's record. Well, you know, he might not need all five years, right? He's at 778, I believe. You know, he is closer than anyone really thought possible. Getting there, He's inside of, you know, he's a little bit more than 200 goals away. So he's got 50 this season. Let's let's pencil him down for 50. I don't know if he's going to slow down. You know, as long as he's got Nick Baxterman and Evgeny Kuznetsov there to feed him pucks. You know, that shot's not going to go away. He might lose a step, you know, with, with the skating. He might lose a step in, in, in the speed department. But, man, you can line him up in the circle and let him just fire away on the power play. He's also shown the versatility this year. Tom Galitti from our staff at NHL.com has sort of been tracking where the Ovechkin goals are coming from. And they're not all coming from that stationary spot in the left circle on the power play like he used to. He's getting to the net more. He's scoring more of those, quote, dirty goals that maybe he hadn't in years past where he would just, you know, rely on the snap and his shot. You know, the fact that he's able to you know, diversify his offense a little bit 17 years into his NHL career, I don't see him slowing down. You he's know, he's going to hit 800 at some point next season. He'll pass Gordy Howe. Wow. And, you know, exactly. Wow is right. Like, you know, we never thought this would be possible. You know, maybe a few years ago you would have said Yager had a shot because he seems, you know, you know, with that time doesn't seem to affect him. But even Yager had to, you know, call no moss on, on his quest for it. Now he's still playing in the Czech League, but his NHL days I would have to assume are over. But you watch Ovechkin, you're right, he is a marvel that I, I hope people take the time to appreciate because I don't maybe it'll be Austin Matthews, but man, we're a long way away from seeing anybody come close to what Ovechkin has done this season and has done over the course of his career. Adam Kimmelman, NHL insider, of course, author of three books on the Philadelphia Flyers. Go get those online where books are sold. He's also the host of the NHL Draft Class podcast available on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you download that and follow him on Twitter, at NHL Adam K. Uh, Mike Bossy, how do you remember Mike Bossy? Dynamic score. Maybe, maybe the best pure goal scorer who's ever lived. You, you look at the numbers. I think of guys who played 150 or more games. Nobody averaged more goals per game than Bossy. Not Gretzky, not Yager, not Ovechkin, we just talked about. 573 goals in 10 seasons. That's remarkable. His worst season 
would be a career was 38 goals in 63 games. That would be a career best season for, I would say 95% of the players who ever played the game. And that was his worst season. You know, a couple of 60 goal seasons, 600 point seasons, just a dynamic offensive player. And I, and I love, there was a quote from him and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but he, ne- he just shot the puck. He never really looked where he was shooting. He never tried picking corners. He just, he got the puck and he was off his stick that quick and goalies had no chance on it. You know, if his back hadn't have gone out on him the way it did, you know, you really wonder talking about Ovechkin chasing Bossy's record versus chasing Gretzky's record. It, it's a really interesting, you know, thought to say maybe there'd be more guys in that 800 goal club than just Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. So yeah, Mike Bossy, one of the greatest offensive players, the greatest sniper, one of the greatest goal scorers to ever play in the NHL. Final thing for you, um, with the whole year that has played out, Give me a team or two that you have been really, really impressed with during the regular season, but you're terrified of them in the postseason. Well, I'll put it this way. If I'm a team and I see the Calgary Flames on the other side of my draw, I'm really worried because they are a team that is, as much regular season success as they have had, they are a team built to grind you to sawdust once the playoffs start in a seven-game series. They are just, they play an unrelenting style. You know, they have the, you know, the big flashy scorers up front with their top line with Goudreau and Kachuk and Lindholm. And those guys have been dominant. They're top three in the league in plus minus. You know, you've got three guys who potentially are going to score 40 goals and have 100 points. You know, but you look at what they had in the bottom of their lineup, the Dylan Dubays and the Milan Luciches, and, and they can just, they can create, and they can grind you down with a relentless forecheck. And Daryl Sutter is going to has every one of those guys bought in to playing exactly how they need to play to be successful. And you've seen it with their regular season success. Nothing's going to surprise Daryl Sutter come the playoffs. And he has a great way of communicating that out to his players, getting them to play how they need to play to be successful. And look, the Colorado Avalanche might be the best team in the league. But, man, if they got a matchup against the Flames in the playoffs, that would not be – it'll be an entertaining series. I don't know how it would go because as good as Colorado is, mm-hmm. Calgary is just – they are built to grind down teams in the playoffs. So if I'm if I'm a team and I see the Calgary Flames on my side of the bracket, I'm, I'm a little nervous because you might beat them, but it's going to take every ounce that you have to get past them. Let me sneak one more in. I, I wanted to ask you this. I can't believe I forgot. Uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, right, the Oilers. H- how important is it for the league that Edmonton, you know, has a deep playoff run, you know, that they get in and, and that they and that they go go far because Connor McDavid's the best player in the game? Well, absolutely. You want your best players to have the biggest spotlight that they possibly can. I mean, it would be great to see Edmonton go on a deep run the same way it would be great to see Toronto going a deep run, so you get to see, you know, more national attention for Matthews and Marner and Nylander. You know, the same way it would be great to see, you know, Washington go on one more great run and have Ovechkin have one more great moment in the spotlight, and Sidney Crosby and the Penguins too. But, yeah, anytime you've got these transcendent superstars, like a McDavid, like a Dreisaitl, like a Matthews, Crosby, Ovechkin, 
you want them to go deep. You want them to be in the spotlight. You want them to have all the focus of all the hockey fans watching them and appreciating their greatness. So, yeah, it, it would be great to see. I mean, look, who wouldn't love to see Edmonton, Toronto, Matthews, McDavid for seven games in the Stanley Cup final, right? Like, that would be fantastic hockey. And maybe we get it. Maybe we get it this season. Maybe we get it down the road. But, sure, that would be the ideal. But, you know, you want any of your superstars to have that spotlight and to go as far as they can. Well, this was amazing, as it always is. Adam Kimmelman covers the NHL, NHL.com, at NHL Adam K. Three books on the Flyers, online, get them where books are sold, and the host of the NHL Draft Class podcast, available on all of your podcast platforms. Go ahead and download that. It's a terrific show. Adam, you're the best. Thank you so much. Anytime. Before I play my episode with Charles Davis, crossover from Pandemonium Podcast on the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network, here is a message from Burn Dairy. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. It is Bedlam! It is Pandemonium! It is Fandemonium! It is fantastic! It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. What's up, Bills Mafia? I'm Mike Lindsley. You can get me on Twitter at MikeLSports, and be sure to follow our program, the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, all over the major platforms, including Twitter at BuiltInBuffalo underscore. Let's waste no time talking Buffalo Bills football with the terrific CBS color analyst covering the National Football League. It's Charles Davis, the uh, wonderful color man uh, who's a sidekick to uh, Ian Eagle. Those two guys really had a, a ton of games uh, for, for, for the Bills last year. And uh, we're going to get into Josh Allen, the offseason, um, you know, the expectations, Von Miller, and a little bit about how Charles got into broadcasting and his playing days at Tennessee as well. It is NFL on CBS color analyst, Charles Davis. Hey, Charles. Well, Mike, thanks a lot for having me on. Let's start with, you know, this Buffalo Bills team here. Last year, you and I had had a lot of games in Orchard Park uh, and and I believe a couple on the road. Um, As you were going through the season, what did you sort of see that made you really encouraged that they're a Super Bowl contender, not just from last year, but as we've moved up into 2022, the expectations have obviously even gone higher because of what they've yeah. done in the offseason. We'll get to that in a minute. But w- what did you see then and, and just being around the team and all that, that, that this isn't just a, a one- or two-year thing, that they're here to stay for a while? Yeah, I probably I would say like multiple things. Let's, let's start with the front office, with Brandon Bean as the general manager. I feel, and I don't think I'm you know really off-base or it requires great thought, he and Sean McDermott, the head coach, look like they have incredible chemistry in terms of 
putting together a team. You and I both know, and anyone who knows the league knows that there's times behind closed doors it might feel it might resemble a cage match when they talk about who should be on the team and who shouldn't. But they respect each other. They have an eye that's similar. They know what it takes to put together a team, and they know what they're trying. They they know their team what they want their team to look like on the field. So when they work together in lockstep, that creates a great atmosphere because you don't have a coach telling his team, well, I'd like to do it this way. I'm a general manager. He wants to do it that way. You know, you don't have any of that. They are in sync. They're ready to go. That's the first thing. Second thing is they keep looking at where their challenges are every year and keep working to improve them. A couple of years ago, they're worried about their pass rush. They went out and drafted two pass rushers last year, continued to work on that part of the game. The defense ended up being the number one defense overall in the league by the time it was said and done. They kept wanting to develop the quarterback. Well, Josh Allen continues to develop. Plenty of hard work on his part, but plenty also on the offensive side before it was Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, and Ken Dorsey, the quarterback's coach. Ken Dorsey still remains. Josh Allen remains in place, and they wanted to build around him. Add offensive linemen. They're doing that in this offseason. Uh, wide receivers, they went out and got Stephon Diggs. They drafted Gabriel Davis, who came into his own in the playoffs. I could go on for a while, but they just feel like a team that won't stand pat. They're, they're a team that's willing to evolve, and they're a team that is very honest with itself about what they need, where they think they need to get, and the things that they need to do to get that done. So I'm extremely impressed with the organization as a whole, the coaching staff, obviously, and then, of course, the product on the field. So it wasn't that long ago when many people around the NFL were asking this question, how much better can Patrick Mahomes really get? 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, multiple Super Bowls, 1-1, MVP, Super Bowl MVP. And now we are at this point with Josh Allen in Buffalo. Are, are are we, is it that already with Allen? Charles, do you, do you think we're asking, we should be asking that question of how much better can Allen get? I know he doesn't have the trophy case that Mahomes has, but right. is, is that question, is there merit to it? There's definitely merit to it, Mike, absolutely. Look, he has progressed at a rate that when you go back to him coming out of college and the evaluations, and you heard them, saw them, probably had your own on him. I would venture to say that the vast majority, 99% of them, talked about his athleticism, talked about his huge arm, you know, his, his what he looked like in the pocket. He looked like a quarterback. But they also talked about his accuracy, and that was the big ding on it. Could he be accurate enough as a quarterback to make the throws necessary to keep the offense moving? Well, Going into his third season, not the 2022 season, the 2021 season, when through that season, when it was all said and done, he had improved his completion percentage rate 16 percentage points in three seasons. That's unheard of in the NFL. All right. Quarterbacks come out of college. They essentially are about as accurate in the NFL as they were in college, give or take a few points, not 16 percentage points. That just doesn't happen. So we saw that ascension. I, we all knew he was a good athlete coming out of Wyoming. Did we know he was going to be this good of a runner? I would venture to say most people would be lying to you if they thought, oh, yeah, I, absolutely, he'll be one of the best runners in the league. I don't think people saw that. People saw the potential to be a very good runner. But focal point of your offense, <laughs> well, we're seeing that with him. I think for all of us, what we're going to have to temper a little bit is, as we watch him get better at his craft of playing quarterback, Will we be willing to say he's a better quarterback if certain numbers decline? 
meaning if his run numbers decline, because I think that would be something Buffalo would love to have happen, take some of the weight off of him with a true running game and not make Josh Allen their, their key ball carrier on third and three. They would love to be able to do that. And if those numbers can decline, he will be a better quarterback. Now, will people still acknowledge it if he doesn't have the same numbers on the ground, the same numbers rushing touchdowns and all that? But I think we'll see him be a better quarterback where he can just throw the football, work in and out of the pocket, scramble when he needs to, occasionally have a quarterback run game, but not be a guy where we may get 10 quarterback runs in, you know, per game. I think they'd love to get that out of his off of his plate. And I do think that he'll be a better quarterback despite those numbers declining. How about this offseason the Bills have had, huh? Is it good enough for you? <laughs> I mean, it just, it just keeps getting better for them, right? Yeah. I mean, they have a mission, and they have had two opportunities where they believe they were good enough to be in the Super Bowl and haven't capitalized on them yet. We've seen teams get in, get stuck in that possibility, you know, stuck in that spot where they've, they've tried, they've tried. Look, they got there four straight times in the 90s. It didn't win any of them. I think people are finally coming around to understand just how difficult it was to get there four times and, and stop with the jokes because they didn't win one. That was a phenomenal accomplishment. This team doesn't want to be that team. They want to get one for themselves, but they still have to get there. And they're trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step? And they keep taking the proper steps to get themselves the best chance to make it. Do you see Von Miller kind of, um, you know, moving around a little bit up front, you know, being used on both bookend, you know, end spots, maybe a little bit um, in, in that, in that way uh, to, to try and generate that big pressure. And and by the way, what a, what a signing this was for the bills kind of, uh, you know, because of the money, I think a lot of people were surprised at it. Yeah, I think we all were surprised. The money, look, a lot of signs pointed to him re-signing with the Rams. Yeah. You know, he had found a home there. He really hated leaving Denver. He loved being in Denver. And I think that when it's all said and done, he'll sign that one-day contract and retires at Denver Bronco. But I didn't expect him to go back to Denver. I actually thought that the way Ram, the, how creative the Rams are with their salary cap and how they do things with players, mm-hmm. that he, having won a second Super Bowl, might even give a little bit of a discount just to come back to that. But here's the money. Here's a team that he can help take to possibly a third different team to a Super Bowl title. I think that was alluring to him. Plus playing for a defensive-minded head coach like Sean McDermott, an extremely respected defense coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Who, who did it on the field as a great player with the Chicago Bears. People probably forgot that. He ended up losing his career on a reverse, on a punt return in a Super Bowl. They were winning by about 30 points, which is, you know, one of the weird things to go out. But he's a tremendous player, and he's an even better coach. So I think for Von Miller, a lot of it was, hey, this is a great way to challenge a new locker room, a terrific quarterback, has everything you're looking for. Can I get a third ring with a third team doing it that way? And I think you're right. He will move around. You know, that's what you do with these guys. You create the best matchups. He moved around more and more as his career went on with uh, with Denver. He did it with Los Angeles. Buffalo will do the same thing for him. The Bills clearly right now, despite all the movement, despite all the additions, uh, the wizardry of Brandon Bean, they do have a major hole on the roster, and that is cornerback. Uh, yeah. As you know, Trey White is going to be out until, you know, October, November-ish from the ACL. Uh, Levi Wallace signs in Pittsburgh. They don't have a lot there. They're pretty thin. Do you see a scenario in the NFL draft where Brandon Bean says, okay, look, I've done all of this work. We're this close. We need to go up in at any cost 
uh, trade partner maybe with the Giants. They have, you know, the J- Joe Shane there with Brian Dable. Let's trade up. Let's go way up and get a guy like Sauce Gardner. Let's go out and get the cornerback who we think on a rookie contract could be a formidable, you know, number one until Trey comes back, number two, plug him in right away, and and that and that's our final stopgap. Absolutely, because that's a spot now where that division has gotten even tougher in terms of what you're doing. Because we all talk about getting to the playoffs. In the NFL, how do you get to the playoffs the fastest, Mike? You win your division. That's right. Right? That, that guarantees you in the playoffs, okay? So you build teams to win your division. Now, when you are as good as Buffalo is and you expect to be in the playoffs, barring catastrophic injuries and really weird things happening, not only do you build your team to win your division, but you build your team to deal with your biggest rivals. Well, Kansas City's still going to be formidable, right? <laughs> the Kansas City track squad's still out there. The Chargers missed the playoffs last year by a game. Look at what they have out there sprinting around between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and you know they keep trying to get better out there. Then you go over now to Denver, I mean to Denver, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, right? KJ Hamler trying to get him back and healthy. So they are, you know, everybody's rolling out there. Didn't even mention the Raiders. Just got Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. okay, to go along with Hunter Renfro. So. What you're dealing with across the board, that NFC, the AFC West may be the, the stumbling block to keep you from a Super Bowl, not just winning your own division. So, yeah, you're exactly right. To me, if you're going to make that move and go up and get one of those corners, I'm only coming up for two guys to come up that high, and it's either Mod Gardner or Derek Stingley. Yeah, no doubt. Charles I'm not Davis. saying that, 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 that you, know, you know, Andrew Booth can't play. He sure. can. I'm not saying, you know, uh, Trent McDuffie can't, can't play. He can. But I'm, you're talking about when you said go up and deal with the Giants, you talk about rarefied territory. If you're going up that high, I'm going up that high for one of those two. Otherwise, if I'm going to come up a little bit, can I come up three or four spots? Can I come up eight spots and get involved with a McDuffie, get involved with a booth? Or can I sit there where I am and do I think Kyler Gordon is the guy I'm looking for? You know, a very good zone coverage kit. I don't know exactly how Brandon Bean and his staff will have graded all these guys, but in my estimation, you can sit and wait, and there will be a couple of corners available to you that you would like. I think you would like Kyler Gordon at Washington. I think that Kyra Elam at Florida would be someone that would be in play at the time that you pick. Could Andrew Booth fall down there? Possibly. Do they like Roger McCreary from Auburn? He'd be available, I think, is sitting there where, where they're drafting. But as you pointed out, if you want an elite one, like you got to get up there in the top 10 to, to ensure it, and maybe in the top seven, because those corners can come off the board pretty quickly. I think so, too. Charles Davis with us here on the Pandemonium Podcast, Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm Mike Lindsley, NFL on CBS, terrific color analyst, alongside Ian Eagle. What, what have you learned from Ian through your broadcast time? Oh, boy, what haven't I learned? I mean, how much time do we have, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of where it all goes. He is a he's a he's a craftsman, and I say that with the biggest you know boost I can put into that. I say it with the most reverence I can. He is a person who prepares impeccably, and I know will put the has burned the midnight candles to do it because most of the time he's doing multiple things when I'm working with him, Mike. 
He's coming off a basketball game. He's preparing for one. He's going here. He's got the nets during the I mean, He's got a million things going on, and never once would you ever think to yourself the preparation's not there. The preparation is always extraordinary. I fight. My, I find myself fighting hard to make sure I'm as prepared as he is. You know, his, his wordsmithing of a game, the way that he can paint a picture on a medium that we can see the pictures. Yeah, he illuminates things that we see with our own eyes because, you know, the whole thing about being a play-by-play person. On radio, you have to paint a bigger picture. On TV, you can be more sparing. Well, he does that quite well, but the way that he he paints a picture that you're looking at something and now you're seeing it the way that he's described it rather than just what you're looking at with your own eyes. That's how good he is. So there's not anything, you know, as I said before, what haven't I learned? (laughs) I mean, it's everything. Plus, one of the best people you will meet one of the smartest people you will meet, an empathetic, caring individual who wants to be great and wants you to be great and is going to set the pace and should be the example for the rest of your crew. If we follow him, we all have a chance to be the best that we can be. Now, however that's judged, right? Whoever decides if we're good, bad, or indifferent. But he's going to set the pace and be the model. And I really appreciate him being that guy. You know, it's like Dead Poet Society. Captain, my captain. I'm the one standing on the desk screaming, Captain, my captain, with Iron Eagle. Hmm. I've got two more for you. Um, who do you blame the most for 13 seconds in Kansas City? Oh, boy. Well, look, you have to go over these situations ahead of time. So blame isn't quite where I'm going with this. I think that they have, you know, everyone's got a plan. To me, it was much more the execution. Because I'm sitting at home, and it's real easy when you're sitting at home, right? You're not right in the middle of it. But to me, I've got to get that clock started, okay? I'm not just, you know, I don't want them to just be able to take it and go. So I've got to put this thing in play, but I want to put it in play in a dead area where someone's got to go get it, and then you have a chance for a little bit of a scramble. You know, that's where the pooch kicking, putting it in play that way comes into it. Once you kick it out and just put them into play at their their own, you know, whatever, it's almost a sigh of relief for them. So, so that's where I thought that was, that was an issue. I also thought that throughout, not even the 13 seconds, I was really surprised down the stretch how easy Travis Kelsey got off the line of scrimmage bike. Yep. Like everything was a free release. And I was thinking, I'd have to have someone over him, right? At least alter his something. Because he was just going downfield full steam. And then when they finally made the adjustment, you know what it was? It was on the last touchdown. Okay? Because they adjusted with Matt Milano, who I thought had a Pro Bowl-type season at linebacker, and he's a former safety. But it ended up being a one-on-one deal. And, you know, as good as Matt Milano is, one-on-one with Travis Kelsey, you're not going to win that very often, especially with Mahomes with a chance to put it where he wants to. And that's what happened. So, to me, it all started with that ball not being in play. And no time coming off the clock. Yeah, I mean, to play outside of the boundaries and almost look like you're playing a prevent defense and using the excuse of, well, you know, the execution or, uh, well, the Bills rely on their safeties. Well, no, you have to come up a little bit here. You can't give Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey that much room to, to catch it and run up the field. And, oh, by the way, you have two timeouts. I mean, yeah, you... you yeah, that's where it always gets very difficult because... You're saying to yourself, okay, this situation, this situation, this situation, do we have this covered? Do we have that covered? And theirs just wasn't one that, that worked. Now, against most teams, you probably get away with it. 
and what I mean by that is how many teams have Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, et cetera, they're going to make you pay. Sure. Very few. We know that. But that's one of the teams that if it's, if they going to make you pay, you know it's them. But for me, it all started with the kickoff. And then, of course, all the other things come into play from there. And, and let's face it, Mike, when you lose a ball game, you get second, third, fourth, eighth guest on everything. Just like when I'm watching a game and I do and I go to the plane and I'm second, third, fourth, and eighth guessing myself about what I said or didn't say down the stretch. So, yeah, I know how they feel, and I felt for them on that one because the game itself, if you had no skin in the game, has there been a better game in the NFL in the last 20 years? Probably not. It was unbelievable, but uh, yeah, and Bills. I, I'm not over it. I can tell you that right now. As a, as a, as a, as a long time, uh, you know, Bills diehard. My final question for you, Charles, is this: How would you, with your experience doing Bills games, being around the franchise, being around the fan base, you know, driving in, seeing those campers that have been there for days before even you show up, right? How would you? How would you describe Bills Mafia? I describe it as one of the one of the most overused words that we, we have in our language, in my estimation, is unique. Because just by saying the word unique, is supposed to connote that, that that you won't find that anywhere else. Or it's a rare, rare thing. Well, it is unique because when you look at where you're situated in the country, what your weather's like. That is not conducive to people saying, I'm going to go out there and stand there and scream and yell for all these hours because I love a team. It's conducive to everybody staying at home watching on TV and, and hoping everything's good, but people aren't built that way. They are much more of a hale and hearty stock. I grew up in the state of New York, but I grew up closer to New York City than I am to Buffalo. So the weather's a little bit different. Buffalo weather is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> and how they stick with their team and if that team gives them the honest effort that these people put out day in and day out, they appreciate that, and that binds them together. And if you're going to be a successful Buffalo team, you have to have teams that can do that. And even when they went to the four straight Super Bowls, they had a lot of flash and dash on offense. Mm-hmm. But they also ran the heck out of it with Thurman Thomas. They beat people up up front on the offensive line, and they had a bruising defense. That's appreciated in Buffalo. So you have to be, have that – you know, when I say unique – it's unique because it's not supposed to be that way, but it's a great combination of an organization understanding what it takes to win, but how it also plays with the people who support them. And if they wanted to play like the Chargers did in the 80s, that wouldn't work in Buffalo. You know, I forget the weather and all that. It's just people would like the winning, but it wouldn't bind them to the team. The team has to play a certain way for them to bind to the community. And I think Buffalo and their organization, the Pagulas, um, you know, obviously Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they understand that as well and get it. Charles Davis, unbelievable to have you on the program. Of course, NFL on CBS, a terrific color analyst, right next to my guy, Ian Eagle. Uh, This was amazing. Continued success your way. I can't get enough of listening and watching to you guys as a team. Uh, I'm glued in every second. So uh, football can't come fast enough for me. And you guys on the air can't come fast enough as well. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for having me. And you you know how much we enjoy what we're doing and doing it together. And there's not an announcer in the NFL that doesn't like going to Buffalo.
I don't care what the what. Look, look what we did at the playoff game. We knew it was going to be cold. I didn't hear anyone complain. We're like, wow, this is going to be in a crazy atmosphere. And it was exactly that. You get it every time. Incredible insight from Charles Davis, NFL on CBS. I just wanted to spend a few minutes in closing here on the Pandemonium podcast about my new thought on the Buffalo Sabres. And that is that I think next year, because of what they've done in the months of March and in April, I think that next year now is, I'm not going to say playoff or bust, but I think the expectation is to make the postseason. Because I think what we've seen over the course of about two months here is a team that has risen to the occasion on the big stage. They've beaten some of the NHL's best. They've shut down power offenses in the NHL. The group is coming together. You see the youth. You see the culture. You see the group pulling for for each other. You see more of a team bond. All those things that are going into play here, um, you know, it, it, it's a big thing. I mean, think about this. You know, they beat the Maple Leafs Heritage Classic. That was a big stage game. That's an outdoor NHL game. That's a huge deal. You know, if, if you go back all the way to March when they had that unbelievable month, you know, they beat Toronto. They beat the Wild. Those are both playoff teams, you know. Um, they, they again, I mentioned the Heritage Classic, won 5-2, dominated. Uh, they beat Calgary and OT on the 18th, right? Uh, how about that? Oh, how did I skip over this? How about March 10th, right? Vegas, Eichel, beat them, right? Um, Buffalo beats the Penguins in, in a shootout, right? Uh, Buffalo almost beats the Capitals in a shootout two days later, you know? Uh, Buffalo should have beaten the Rangers at the Garden um, on the 27th. They still get a point out of it. They lose an OT, right? Then they come back the next night, tough travel. They go beat Chicago. Now, Chicago is not obviously an elite NHL team, but under the circumstances, that's that's a tough deal, right? Um, you know, and then you fast forward through, through April, and this team, again, they beat Nashville. They beat uh, Carolina. You know, this is a team that really has played extremely well, We've got just, gosh, as you're listening to this, we have four games to go. I can't wait to go to the final game uh, in Buffalo. I'm finally going to get out and see this club uh, play up against the Blackhawks. Uh, final call and all that for uh, Rick Jenneret. so it should be a really, really emotional, great place to be. Um, but this team, with the expectations, I think before March and April, being, yeah, you know, maybe this is a playoff team in two years, right? We still need a little bit more time for this team to develop. Do we? I mean, I don't, I don't think we need more time. I've seen enough. I've seen enough to know that Dylan Cousins at 24 years old is going to be bigger, stronger, faster next year, right? And better. Uh, I've seen enough out of Peyton Krebs as a just a wonderful, wonderful uh, player. Um, you know, I'm sorry, Dylan Cousins is 21. <laughs> You know, Peyton Krebs, I've seen enough. I mean, he's he's incredibly skilled. He came over in the Jack Eichel deal, right? He's 21 years old or so, right? Casey Middlestat, totally different player under Don Granado, who, by the way, just he should be the coach of this team as long as he wants the job because he has instilled sort of a lot of what McDermott and Bean did for the Bills. Um, you know, he's getting these guys to buy in. He's getting these guys to believe in each other. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic for this franchise, uh, and, and I want him to keep keep going. I mean, you know, l- just look at some of the players who were under Ralph Kruger, right? Like, Ralph Kruger is the ultimate communicator. Well, <laughs> great. He was a great people person, but did he know hockey skills along with those people skills? No, he didn't, and Don Granato does. He's got the one-two punch. Look at how different Casey Middlestat is under Don Granato. How about Jeff Skinner? 
right? Putting him in the best possible places. You have Jeff Skinner, Tage Thompson, and Alex Tuck on the same line, kicking butt each and every night. Kyle Oposo, 20-goal season this year. Come on, man. Vinny Hinestroza uh, has had a great year. Jergensen's has been phenomenal. The defense this year has been, in, the defense has stunned me. They've been great. Look at Rasmus Dahlin now that Don Granado's head coach, right? Pretty good. Pretty good, right? I mean, he's, what, 60-point season? Um, you know, you've got Matias Samuelson rising. You have Owen Power now, who has arrived from Michigan. He'll have a full season next year. And you see glimpses of him playing against the Maple Leafs and others where he's just doing some of the small things. He'll do great things eventually, but just some of the small things, the little tips, you know, guarding the two-on-ones, um, you know, helping to stop Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs. I mean, come on. That's, that's impressive stuff. You know, Owen Power, by the way, was born in 2002. He's not turning 20 years old until November. Um, you know, Jacob Bryson, very, very nice bright spot. Now, I will say, in closing, that the one thing that the Sabres really do need to figure out is the goaltending situation. Because, you know, whether it's Devin Levi, who's going back to Northeastern, Portillo, the kid from Michigan, um, is it Uka Pekalukanen, who I, I love his game. He was playing great this year before he went down. Um, they got to figure out a couple of guys. They need a goaltender who they can count on for 60 games. Craig Anderson, I give him a lot of credit this year, but he's 41. I mean, he's not going to be your goalie of the future. Dustin Tokarski is a nice player, but again, he's 32 years old. You're kind of looking at it going, you know, probably not, you know, probably not the franchise number one. He might be a, a nice backup. Uh, maybe the, the Sabres try to keep him on the roster, but they've got to figure out that franchise goaltender to go along with all these other guys. Because right now, with Samuelson, Yoki Haro, Rasmus Dahlin, Casey Fitzgerald, Jacob Bryson, right, all these guys on defense, and then you take the offensive players and Alex Tuck, Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner, hopefully Victor Olofsson stays. I know that there's been some trade talk lately of that, but I, I hope that he there is a spot for him. Um, you know, you've got Peyton Krebs, you've got Middlestat, you've got Jergensen's, you have Dylan Cousins, you have Rasmus Esplin, uh, you have Jack Quinn on the way. I'm telling you, man, with everything that's happened, the March and April performance, Don Granado, the culture, these guys coming and playing together, lines taking form, uh, um, the belief in each other, beating good teams, uh, just a different vibe around the team. Next year is playoffs for the Buffalo Sabres. That's the expectation absolutely from the Sabre fan base to make the postseason for the first time since 2011. Thanks for listening to the Pandemonium Podcast, all a part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm Mike Lindsley. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Make sure to go follow us all over social media, at Built in Buffalo underscore. A huge thanks to Charles Davis, NFL on CBS, the amazing color analyst, alongside Ian Eagle. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. And now a message from Credit Karma. Folks, listen up. This is really, really important. If you're planning ahead for a big expense, don't put those car repairs or medical bills on a high-interest credit card. Credit Karma can help you look for a low-interest personal loan that you could save money on while you pay off your purchase. If you're ready to apply with Credit Karma today, head to creditkarma.com slash loan offers to see personalized offers. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan offers to find the loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan offers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by Bet Online and sponsored in part by Stanley Law Offices, the Allen Angus Pub, Brewer Ace Hardware, 
and the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group. Become a better leader both personally and professionally today with the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group. Sign up for all their programs at VCG Transforms. It's officially ice cream season in Central New York, and the locally owned and operated Carvel in North Syracuse welcomes you to come in and grab their bunny and egg-shaped cakes, along with a four-pack of hip-hop bunnies. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design you want, they make it happen. Carvel is open seven days a week. Brewerton Road, North Syracuse. America's favorite since 1934, and open Easter Sunday. So, go get your bunny and egg cakes, or those four-packs of hip-hop bunnies. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact. Above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.